For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. What's up, everyone? Hey, this is Shane. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast of the show, Lead Singer Syndrome. Nice to have you on this lovely Wednesday morning. So it's October now, October 2nd. The weather, (laughs) the weather where I live in southwestern Ontario is bonkers right now. A balmy 31 degrees Celsius. That is like uh, 88 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty crazy right now. Uh, Yeah, I don't even know what's going on. It's like way hotter than Toronto. It's, I don't know what's going on. We have, you know, I, I was looking in my iPhone weather app and you know, like you can just swipe through and see what the weather's like in other cities that you you've put in. And it's like where I live is warmer than Los Angeles and Las Vegas. And it's just weird that we have that weather here, but I'm enjoying the extended summer, uh, despite the implications with the, you know, the globe uh, and what's going on, but we don't talk about that in America. Uh, in Canada, we're starting maybe two. Anyway, I'm back. We got a great episode, a very, very informative, kind of eye-opening episode that's a little bit different. I talked to Matt McAndrew, who got his start in professional music on The Voice. That's right, that TV program. And now... After kind of a crazy journey and a very unexpected turn of events, he is now the singer of the band Slaves, replacing Johnny Craig, who I'm sure a lot of you know from Dance Gavin Dance and Amorosa and then Slaves, and now, I guess, his solo stuff. I'm not sure what Johnny's up to. So this guy, Matt, he's got a crazy story and a lot of very interesting, very informative things to share 
And this is a good one. So you are really, really going to enjoy it. And thank you very much for being here. Before we jump in, I want to remind you, you can always get in touch with me. You can hit me up on email. My email address is leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read all my email. I get a lot of it. I get a, I get a lot of emails. So, so don't be shy. I will read it. And I try to get back to everybody. But right now, it's a bit hectic for me. My band Silverstein is back in the studio. We were doing some pre-production last week, which is basically... Uh, if a bi- if you ever want to know how a- making a record works, pretty much the first week is hell. Um, you go in with a bunch of songs. You sit with a producer that you may know or may not know. And either way, you figure out the songs, and it's never easy. So it was a great week. I'm really, really stoked of what we have, but it's never an easy first week. So now we're getting into week two, uh, starting to lay down some stuff and, uh, it's very, very exciting. So there will be a new Silverstein record. And, uh, once that starts going, I'll have a little bit more time to answer some emails, but I still read them all. So hit me up, syndrome at gmail.com, add me to social media. And of course, If you want to help with the show, if you want to keep this thing going and growing, being there for you in your life every single week, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. For as little as $6 a month, that gets you in. It helps. It just helps everything. It's just, it's a beautiful thing, but you get some really cool stuff. A lot of perks. The biggest one, I think, in my opinion, is all the cool bonus episodes I do with industry insiders, other non-lead singer band members, some other lead singers too, and you get access to an amazing community of other fans of the show, other people from all over the world interested in things just like you. We have meetups everywhere, and if you're interested in lead singer syndrome merchandise, uh, free and paid, we have both, um, this is the only place you can get it. So check it out. Again, it's only $6 a month and it does really help me out and help me keep this thing going. So the link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. That's uh, pretty easy. We do have a couple sponsors. You heard earlier in the show about a really, really cool documentary that is about to come out. There is a Kickstarter. They need your help. I'm in it. Uh, the list goes on and on. Everyone's in this thing talking about yesteryears, talking about the good old days of punk rock emo scene and some really, really cool footage that they procured. So check it out. The last scene documentary. I know you heard it earlier at the beginning. So follow that link over there and make sure you pony up a couple bucks for them too and get this thing out there. And uh, you're going to really, really enjoy it. It is very, very cool. I'm very sorry to any Milwaukee Brewers fans listening to this. That was brutal last night. And also the Packers are probably going to lose this weekend. I've got a, I got a little bet riding on it. Uh, shout out to Neil Anglin. Uh, and what else? Oh, um, well, Stephen Avery might get out. So not all bad news with you guys in the almost great white north. But congratulations to the Washington Nationals, and uh, that was a pretty cool baseball game. But seriously, what a cool time of year for sports. You got baseball playoffs. You got hockey about to start. Basketball's coming. Football in full swing. I just, I just love this time of year. 
I just love this time of year. Anyways, I'm a sports guy. People know this about me. It's okay. All right. Well, hey, let's get into it. Let's get into this week's episode of my chat with Matt McAndrew from The Voice and Slaves. Has anybody seen all my ways How's it going, man? What's up, buddy? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I got you great. You sound, you sound perfect. Okay, awesome. I'm, I'm sorry I'm a couple minutes late calling you. I, um, I've been, my band's doing some work in the studio, and I've been moving some, like, gear back and forth. Oh, good, man. Yeah, and usually I have, like, a pretty concise setup, um, but right now I couldn't find an XLR cable. I was, like, looking for one for the last, like... 10 minutes and the only one gotcha. I have is like a 50 foot <laughs> XLR that I found with like my PA gear in the basement. So it's, nice. uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's just funny. One of those funny little, little things. Like if you saw me right now, it's like ridiculous. I have the longest tangled XLR cord just to, to literally like the one I usually use is like two feet. So, uh, right, 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 right. It's uh, a little bit, it's a little bit overkill for the, for the current. For the it's, current yeah, it's a, it's a bit excessive, man. How's your day going? Dude, that's good. I'm fucking tired, man. I uh some things got moved around my week, so I uh I flew into Vegas this morning to do a little last minute kind of show thing and yeah, I'm just I'm just a little sleepy, but I'm in <laughs> high spirits. Good. Everything's good. That's good. What's what's up in Vegas? Oh, it's just, it's just a little like a uh, private event thing I'm doing. Um just real quick in and out, fly back tomorrow morning. Um Get ready to go to Utah after that. I, I like didn't I didn't sleep much the night before because I, I had to go to the uh, DMV to get a new uh, license. So you know you got to show up like before right. anybody gets there or whatever. Right. So and like when you're when you're when you're not used to waking up, like there there was like there was no way that I could fall asleep like before three a.m. or so, and then I have to get up at five. I'm like, okay, I'm fucking dead now, dude. Yeah. It was so bad when I was I like had to take the little. Um, vision test at the at the DMV, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, basically what happened was she told me to like cover up one eye and read the line. So I closed my left eye, I covered up my right eye with my hand, and then <laughs> like, was trying to like peer around my hand, like to figure, like I was so, I, like my brain was not working. So, <laughs> I'm sure at the like, DMV they've seen you know uh, <laughs> dumber people. Yeah, um. I was like, I was like, wow, dude, I can't believe. It. And she was like, yeah, I definitely, I definitely caught that. You were like struggling. I'm like, yeah, it's rough. So, <laughs> well, when you're tired okay. and stuff, does it affect your uh, your singing voice? Because some people really need their sleep, and other people are kind of like, ah, eh, whatever. You know, that's a good question. I feel like I've had days where. Um, I've been super sleep deprived. Maybe I didn't sleep at all. And sometimes your voice is pretty okay because it's at least really warmed up. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, I would, I would, I would probably rather be running on low sleep, but have been awake for a long time versus like if I just woke up and I had to sing, that's, that would be way fucking worse. Well, yeah, well, I know, you know, I know you're a little new to the, to the whole scene, uh, you know, and I want to talk all about that, but with Warp Tour, that was a thing we, I used to do all the time. Um, you know, my band did 
a lot of warp tours. I don't know the exact number, um, like eight or nine warp tours. And Damn. the thing about warp tour, I don't know if you know this or not, is you don't know what time you play until the morning. Oh, so, yeah. and the first band goes on at like eleven fifteen a.m. Right. And anyone can get that can can draw that draw that straw. So there were days and like I'd get up pretty early just in case, you know right. what I mean. And like I'd it'd be the same thing. Like if I'm up partying a little bit the night before, it's like okay, well. I got to get up at like eight o'clock because yeah. if I'm on at 1115, Definitely. I have to be like up. So it's, you're absolutely right. Like I'd rather take a little less sleep and be up, exactly. you know? Exactly. So that's, that's something that I don't think anyone really, really talks about. But yeah, when you get into, I'm sure you've maybe done some like festival work where you've had to be up early or the worst is like anything like morning, like morning radio or like yeah, breakfast I, television I mean, shit. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, I remember, uh, doing, doing one tv spot on the voice uh it was like it was for the today show on the east coast which airs super right. early so yeah we had to come in at like 4 a.m because we were in la it's like that kind of thing so i get it that's I've my nightmare to, or, that's or like my even nightmare in, even in uh college sometimes our you'd have a concert that was kind of like early for some reason or some yeah. shit it's weird so i feel you dude you've done some things my friend and um I, I I actually had never seen an episode of The Voice before last night, and and oh, cool, I was man. I knew you know I knew we were talking, but it wasn't like a thing I planned out as research. I was literally yeah. doing some like doing some renovations on my house, some drywalling. Yeah. I needed a break, and I flipped on the TV, and it was like you know around nine o'clock last night, and the show's just on right now, I guess, right? Right. And um, I had I'm like, oh shit, yeah, this is like kind of funny. So I watched probably the last you know the rest of the episode. And I'd never actually seen a whole um, a whole episode. And what struck me most about it as a musician and as a performer is like the microscope that is on a person's voice on that show. Like it's the show's literally called The Voice. Right. The judges are turned around. So any, any like aesthetic outside of that is, you know, supposed to be, you know, null and void. I get right. that's the point. But, but damn, man, like somebody starts singing and like if they're like the first like five seconds there's a note out like uh, slightly off like everyone listening hears that that is like that to me is like so such a different thing than music well first of all the music should be but than music ever is in any other uh scenario you know right well it's weird too because it's like the most high pressure gig because Typically, if you have anytime you're doing a gig, it's like, well, at least I got the gig. It's sort of like that's <laughs> the victory. You want to do well, you know, but it's like this is like, no, 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 this isn't the gig. This is the audition. Right. You know? Right. So it's very stressful. That kind of stuff isn't usually publicized, you know, but it's, it's like the, it's very it's very public, you know. So, well, I just uh, think about the whole like, I don't know. I mean, I assume there's maybe some kind of sound check at least like to make sure your monitors are OK or like, no. but I can't imagine it being that great. No, it was like, I mean, we would, we, you would, you do a sound check on the stage, like just as a, your final rehearsal, like a few days before the audition started to go. But no, the, the day of the show, they're like filming you before you walk through the doors right. and you just walk up to the mic. You don't, you don't get, you don't get to check the mic or make any noise or anything. The band just starts playing. You have to sing and wow. you, you, and you, you walk out to like, silence so yeah it's really weird it's not anything like 
like, hey, what's going on? You know, like there's the, it's it's a, such a weird vibe. I thought I wasn't going to be nervous. I was fucking terrified. Oh, I, I could. I don't think I could do it. I, I honestly don't think I could do it. Watching watching it, and I think like now that I like I'm talking to you, and you're a person, you know, and like yeah. I know you're in, you're in like a, you're in a punk band now and stuff. Like you aren't just some because I'm like a real skeptic about this shit. Like I I kind of think like it's all TV magic. Like, I don't know how much of it's really real, you know? Yeah, it's pretty uh, fucking uh, real, man. Uh, right. So that's, that's the thing. It's like, I now knowing that it's like, that's, that's crazy. But how does, like, how does it work getting into it? Is there like, you must have to send, do you set a tape? Do you just go to somewhere else? There must be like a closed door audition first to get to the audition. Yeah, right? definitely. There's a, so, I mean, everybody knows about their open calls, I guess, if you follow the show, um, which, by the way, man, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I didn't have cable um, when I was in college. I had never seen an episode of The Voice before I was on it. So right. I'm with you on that. And, and yeah, wasn't wasn't something that I thought I would ever do because, like, my um, my idea of someone who did that show was like a Kelly Clarkson. I remember watching the yeah. first season of Idol. I'm like, well, that's not really what kind of singer I am, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I grew up playing in bands and – I saw myself as uh, like I started out as a guitar player who wrote songs and then needed somebody to sing those songs and just was like that kind of thing. Right, like, uh, right. That's the, like 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 that's it, the like, story, man. Yeah, it's sort of like like Kurt Cobain or something. Is like he's a guy that does all three things, and you probably he might feel I don't know. Maybe he was like, oh, Kurt, why don't you sing us a little? So like that's not really he's not really like a singer like that. Right. I mean? Exactly. Um, so, anyways, but yeah, as far as the process leading up to it, yeah. So they have these big open calls um and which is cool because it, it gets you know it gives it get, it gives everybody a chance to come out and try out and also it's good kind of free pr for the show and uh anyways um yeah they were having that in philly and so i, I had my first audition in philly and then there's a couple other callbacks until you actually get to the point of doing the tv audition right. um so yeah just First, it's, you know, you're kind of auditioning for the people in the casting department and then the producers want to get a vibe. And that's what's interesting, too. You talk about, you know, yeah, I've already it's this blind audition. So, um, you know, the, the, the casting department has to do the best they can to try to cast the show um, right. and, and, and get this kind of diverse group of interesting people and not have you know, the same guy with the same story, with the same look and voice and blah, blah, blah. So everybody's right. different, unique and kind of, but it really, you know, and I get it, your skepticism for sure. Um, but having gone through it and being close with people involved in the show, like they really do like let the judges pick whoever they want to pick and they don't know anything about it prior yeah. because a lot of times the you know the people on the show you can tell they're really hyped for this person that they've been excited to get them to this point where and then sometimes people don't turn turn around and they're like well there goes that you know right right that it is that so, is kind of makes the show unique no i i like and i've seen american idol like a bunch and it's like a very similar you know premise and i always yeah. like you know there's always the person where they show the real heartwarming like story and right. maybe, sometimes it can be like even like they've been through some like real tr- real, real trauma Right. And then they like get them on the stage and they start singing and it's like a joke. You know what I mean? Like they just uh, totally suck. That. Like th- that, that would be, see, and, and I'm like, I guess I don't, I'm not a super confident guy. I would be afraid 
that I'd go to the audition and then they'd fly me to California or whatever. Definitely. And that I would be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like no, I'm the I, person that, that they're right. going to make fun of. Like how, I would have never, how for that horrible same, would that be? Yeah. For that exact same reason, I would have, I would have never done idol. And I mean, you know, like I know, like pretty much I, I knew for a while by the time I did the voice that like, I wasn't like, yeah, I wasn't the world's worst singer or something. Like, right. You know, right. Whatever. But it's still like, no, I would like every, everybody has an off day. Yeah. And again, it's like you don't want the biggest thing that you've ever done to be the worst thing you've ever done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, wow, yeah. remember that day that I was just like sick and I did that audition and I was so nervous. And I just like, yeah, I fucking embarrassed myself in front of the whole world. It's like, yeah, I'm good on that. <laughs> so <laughs> well, like the worst yeah. thing that's going to happen with the voice, if you're really bad, they're not going to show it, bro. Like right. they only show the, like the good people that almost turn a chair. And cause it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, that was comforting for me. Uh, it's pretty, yeah, it was pretty chill. I didn't, I didn't really have to worry about too much of that shit. Cool. Cool. No, and it must be a whole thing with like the contracts and stuff. That's, that's another thing I wonder about because, you know, they sell, they sell the music, like they sell it kind of right. right away. Uh, and you know, that's something that in a way I feel like the artists, they must be kind of strong armed a little bit. It's like, you know, you've gone this far, whoever like famous Adam Levine or Pharrell or whoever's like turned around and you're kind of in this position now. It's like, Oh shit, I, I could be like a big star. And now they're like, Oh, here's a contract you have to sign if you want to, you know, and here, give us the rights to these songs. We're going to put them on like up on streaming or digital or whatever. Uh, is that how that works? Cause that seems kind of like intense. Yeah. I mean, so mo- you know, most of these shows, as far as my understanding of it is like, uh, basically you know you would you would kind of sign everything before you go into it um so Mm -hmm. like i had a i had a deal with um republic after the voice basically um you know that's that's the label that the show is associated with that's who puts out all the singles while you're on the show um as far as like the covers of the songs um and so you know they 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 have like the right to um put out a record with the winner they're supposed to they don't always do that which is kind of whack um like my season and i don't they put out a uh like that's like supposed to be part of your prize but they can just be like nah we're good um but so i don't think they uh, did a uh record with the winner my season but they did singles or i guess they just maybe they only did a single with me my season um right that was it and and they and they 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 basically have like first dibs to uh to kind of like execute on that contract if they want. So you can't necessarily go run it off to somebody else. So I did my work with them and then I got off, but yeah, I mean, everything as far as the, you know, they have a, they have a really big budget in terms of recording while you're on the show and everything. And, um, you know, I, I would, I would, I would imagine that most people aren't, uh, selling so much that it would be super recouped if that makes sense in terms of if you're asking about trying to make money off that stuff i mean some people nah, do not, not really so much about the money off of it it's just kind of like I, I, I just feel like maybe it's kind of exploiting uh, an artist that in some cases has no idea like i know the guy that won your season um i forget his name you know Craig. he was like he was like a songwriter in nashville like he you know right. that guy obviously knows kind of what's going on um, right. but in some ways, I mean, I guess he, he knows what he's getting into too, but I'm sure like the well, deal so, they're yeah, going mean, to yeah. sign someone to, isn't going to be like a super artist friendly deal. Although I could be wrong. 
you sign all that stuff before you get going, you know? Right, so it's right, like, right. you know what you're, you know what you're getting into. Right, right. And yeah. it's, uh, for me, there was a lot of stuff, um, that, that, that I was kind of wary about in terms of the contract that really turned out to not be so bad. It's just, you know, they have to, well, not be bad at all. In my case, they just have to kind of cover themselves. Um, like that, you know, it's like they, there's like stuff about like, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever people like worry that there's going to be like hidden cameras on a show like that. Oh, sometimes yeah, it's like, yeah. well, there's, no, there's not hidden cameras. There's just so many fucking cameras on stage. <laughs> you might not be able to see all of them kind of vibe. It's like, yeah. it's like shit. It's like shit like that, that I found that honestly, dude, like I didn't have any tr- trouble with it. I mean, even, um, it's like, yeah, it's typically they, they only work with the winner and sometimes they don't even do that. Like the label, like I, I don't, uh, the, the, the label wasn't really my favorite part of the whole experience. Um, I didn't really enjoy working with them. I thought working with the actual show was really dope and those people really care a lot and do a good job. Right. Um, but right. M- anyways, I, yeah, I, I remember feeling like, I don't know if I want to sign this contract, blah, blah, blah. It seems a little, uh, scary. And then, uh, I, I was working at Trader Joe's at the time in Philly. And so my <laughs> theory was like, I would rather at least have this one story about like, how I got screwed over in the music industry than have nothing. <laughs> right. You know, like a thousand percent. And and I even, sometimes I'll even fucking think about that still. If like, I'm going through some fucking, we're trying to figure something out with the band or there's some kind of, any kind of drama or, oh, I've got to do, you know, figure out this tour or something. And it's like, I, you know, if, you know, me five years ago could like overhear like a stressful, like phone call that I'm on now, I'd be like, right. man, that guy guy's so lucky that he has these problems i love that yeah man i I think it is good to to kind of check yourself there i I love that i love that you said that um uh, and i want to i want to get into everything you're doing now too i don't want to don't want to talk about the voice for for like this whole interview but um i do want to just ask you about that moment where you walk out on stage for the voice you're so nervous you've got a beautiful gibson hummingbird by the way that is is that yours yeah yeah i uh i bought that one well I like basically worked for my dad um, like uh, the summer of my senior year of high school going into college and then yeah. he kind of helped yeah. me pay off the rest of it which was a nice nice gesture on his yeah. part it's funny um, that you mentioned your dad because my dad had a had a hummingbird growing up he actually still has it it's his and um, it fell over one day and the headstock broke off bummer <laughs> yeah major Fuck. bummer uh, but he still he still has it it's still it's still okay but uh, but yeah I, I have this like you know, growing up watching my dad play guitar and singing in the house, mm-hmm. he, it was always with the, with that same hummingbird. Um, That's awesome. And, and so I have like sort of a, I don't know, like a, I feel a real connection to that guitar and you don't see them that much. Dude. Yeah. So I was, uh, my senior year of high school, I saw some video of uh, Radiohead playing fake plastic trees live and oh, Tom yeah. had just started playing with a vintage hummingbird. It was either a vintage reissue one or an actual vintage one. And so I, at the at the end of high school, I was driving to uh, the nearest guitar center in Jersey, like it was you know an hour away or something, to play these guitars after school. And I did that on the day of my graduation, and like almost missed my graduation. I had to get dressed in the parking lot, and, like <laughs> yeah, run on the fucking field or whatever. But so that that was kind of where my head was at the time. But yeah, so the old hummingbird was was uh, was my little buddy. I played it all over the fucking world. Love it. I love yeah. it. It's not not a cheap guitar. But it's it's a beautiful yeah. guitar. Anyway, sorry. Back to my question. So you're walking out. You got the hummingbird. You're nervous as hell. 
Yeah. And you have no idea how it's going to go. And then in like 12 seconds, Adam Levine turns around. Like yeah. that must have been just such an overwhelming, like incredible feeling. Like you must have almost like wanted to stop what you're doing. Right. Like, you know, it must have been just a crazy well, feeling. Did you know that was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? Well, I was pretty fucking skeptical at that point, to be honest with you. I was sort of on board with you. I thought maybe the show was rigged. and I didn't know if it even meant anything. <laughs> right. Like, I thought, uh, I thought, yeah, I mean, basically going through the process, I was really nervous, you know, like even my first little audition for the show in Philly and everything. And then it got to the point where I felt like, okay, at least like the people on the show really like me and it seems like the casting people like me. And I was like, well, what if they're just, what if they what if they're just telling Adam to turn around? Yeah. And my right. – my, this is how fucking uh, skeptical I am. My impression at the time, I thought my audition was really bad because I was super nervous. And I was like, well, you know, maybe like they're going to tell – maybe they're going to cue like three of them to turn around like because like maybe they maybe they want to – maybe they like my story or something. They want to see right. me go through and, um, you know, if, if like, I'm not that great, like don't have all of them turn around, but like, you know, and I actually, the, how I felt when it was over, I was like, I was actually worried that maybe they like, they had Adam turn around and he didn't want to. And now he's got this crappy guy on his team. And I was, I remember talking to my mom, like, did he like seem happy when I picked him? And wow. then I, I like went back to the hotel which is like where all like the all the people that make it go to one hotel and people don't go to the other ones because <laughs> whatever all this crazy stuff and That's it's like so all funny. secret yeah. and I was like I was eating a fucking like brownie dessert by myself like watching some black and white movie just like being all de- fucking depressed because I felt like I did really bad right and, uh, right and 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 the only thing that cheered me up was thinking I'm like well at least I get to do another round of the show and I can try <clears> to. Yeah. Re- redeem myself so no i mean at the time it wasn't all like uh, all my dreams coming true wow that, that yeah. feeling happened uh, later interesting I'm, like, yeah hard it's, on myself so yeah well i think you have to be hard on yourself to be successful i think that there's definitely in music i think there's definitely an element of that i mean you have to be your own For worst sure. critic you have to be a perfectionist um right. there's no question um but it must have been I mean, I guess for me now, now knowing that, but watching, like I watched your audition thing and watching Pharrell and Adam Levine, like fight over you is, right. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Like, well, I'll tell you another thing too. So what, what a lot of people don't know at home is like that we're, we're up there for a long time. A lot of times there was one girl in my season, Beth, who was up talking to the judges for almost an hour. Like oh, because the they were filming really it, shit. editing it, re-saying stuff like that? Yeah. No, 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 because they, they were fighting over her for that long. Oh, my God. Her. I was up there for probably like a half hour. Um, really? Oh yeah. And then they just, you know, then they just edit that down. But until the shows are live, you know, they, they can kind of do what do what they want. But, yeah, it wasn't until uh, – you got to figure, too, like um, the second performance is like your uh, – it's, it's your battle or whatever. So you're like singing with – a teammate so your coach can't really be like yo i love you you know what i mean because it's like this other person so it wasn't until i got feedback after that performance that i was like oh cool like i, I felt like it was some i felt like things were were good and then it just got better and better until uh yeah was, I don't know. was there a lot of work like hands-on with with adam levine or was it like just kind of like you're on his team and he'd come and say how are you doing kind of stuff uh more and more like as the show went on for sure i, I remember we were shooting some stuff uh, in Philly for this home visit and I was like about to go to sleep and he um, like hit me up in the middle of the night and he was like, yo, I was just watching Sons of Anarchy. You got to do this song that Ed Sheeran just did. And it was like, so it became really involved like that, you know, like when we we're down to the wire trying to pick songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
which was which was really pretty cool. And then yeah, then Adam was great. I um, you know, I got to I got to do some shows with Maroon Five yeah, after the show yeah. was over, and it's all good, man. That's very cool. That's that's very cool, man. Um, so I want to talk about the transition out of the show into kind of into your career. Uh, yep. while, while we're on the topic, so you know, you mentioned that you didn't really like working with the label. Uh, you, you kind of mentioned, I think, in your statement when you got out of it that they weren't kind of allowing you to put out, you know, music, and you, you know, you were kind of in this weird, I guess, like a holding pattern of of like what's going on. Um, right. It, it must be tough, right? Because you have you have like an emotional um, and a personal relationship with you know the people that the judges on the show, the other contestants, the producers, all that. Um, and, and you know, you kind of get to know them and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well that's over. You can close the, close the book on that. And then right. now you're, now you're just forced into this like label situation where they don't really know anything about you. They've heard you do some cover songs and maybe you have some demos or whatever, but there's no, like, they didn't actively try to sign you. You know what exactly. I mean? They didn't find that, you. Yeah. And that's, and that's the whole problem. So I did, uh, the, the, like, Oh my God, I made it moment for me was being on the little, our little red carpet after the show. I did the original song, Wasted Love. Um, yeah. And that like went to number one on iTunes. And I was like, holy shit. And I like found out that. And that, that, that was like the, the, the big moment that I could have had for when the chairs turned around or something. Right. right. But um, anyways, but so the label was very impressed with that. They, they flew me to New York um, after the rap party of the show and they were playing it on the, um, projecting on the wall and the, in, in the office and everybody was all hyped about it, whatever. But you know, that's just, it just, it did well for them and it was good, but it was, it was, that's, that's exactly the point. It's, it's, nobody had any skin in the game. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not like a A&R is like, uh, Oh man, this kid, like, you know, you'll see like, and, and, and they have like a personal connection with me or whatever. Like they, they, they don't, they're not, uh, they're not that they're not involved at all. You know, they don't, yeah. I don't think they take the time to learn the names of the, winners a lot of time you know what i mean no. so it's sort of a weird setup and well, it's, it's weird too because you have this massive exposure you know so many people are watching this like i i haven't talked to my my mom my mom listens to the podcast and she watches the voice so she probably knows who you are but you know right. my mom isn't isn't out there buying records like you right. know uh I, there's a lot of people that are you know are casual music fans or they're not even right. really music fans they're more just fans of tv show battles like they might watch survivor or the amazing yeah, race dude, like they course, put man. you they put you in that you know light they don't put right. you in there as like an artist um which is maybe why so many people from the show haven't really done anything like they're like like american idol there was a bunch of them but from the voice like not really anybody that i can think of like you're one of the bigger ones yeah, and I mean, I would I would argue that that's because again because of the label yeah. connection because the voice the vo- like the, the the show itself really cares and yeah um, it, it's a similar setup to Idol it's just that Idol had a better partnership and saw it as like yeah, yeah we can really develop these people also too you know you you look you look at the um, exactly what you said it's like it's not about the look in the beginning it's not a, it's just a, just about the voice and yeah. everything and it's it almost turns it into this kind of like karaoke type setting where it's like that's the beauty of it finding this person who's like maybe looks like somebody that could be from your office or your class or whatever. And then they, they have Absolutely. this amazing voice, but maybe that person isn't that marketable at the end of the day to a label that is looking at it from a more kind of shallow bottom line. So, which is idle, like right, right from the get go, it seems like they try to factor all that in and they're like, they're, they're more looking for somebody who's like a star all around. Right. So 
I don't know. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely, man. Well, so the, the the story of you joining slaves is pretty pretty crazy. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I'm I'm gonna kind of just reiterate it for the people. But basically, they were in the airport, and yep. Johnny Craig, singer for Slaves, and and a person that I'm sure a lot of people know that listen to this know who he is and about his trouble past and all his issues and getting kicked out or leaving other bands. So he doesn't show up to the airport and they're waiting to decide, well, are we going to be able to do this tour? Because if we don't have a singer, we can't do the tour. Should we even bother going all the way to Europe? Uh, the, tour, the tour was in Europe. And um, somehow they got a hold of you literally as they were about to board the flight. And you were like, yeah, sure. I don't know. But the crazy part was that you didn't know who the band was. You didn't never yeah. heard of Johnny Craig before. Right. Uh, so run me through like that story but from your perspective like where you were when you got that call definitely so i've been doing some work with um kevin thrasher from escape to fate um yeah he's a he's a he's a good homie of mine and um I how, how do you know him on. man we met through this like music video director just kind of randomly it's kind of crazy st- i don't know it's it was a very random thing where this guy, this music video director um, named Rage was like, yo. Oh, I know uh, Rage. Oh, do you? Sick. Yeah, he, he, was he like, did. He actually did the My Heroin video, like our biggest song. He he did. That's awesome. He directed the video like, fuck, this is almost 15 years ago. But yeah. That's great. Yeah. So he was like, I had met this guy randomly at some event like three years ago and whatever. And that was kind of it. And then I guess he <laughs> saw me post something on my Instagram, me singing. And he's like, yo, I want to put you in touch with my buddy Kevin, he's like, he's, you know, doing some, doing this project or whatever, like, you know, just maybe you guys could do some work together. So we all got lunch one day and then I went in the studio with Kevin and, and it was, it was great. Um, but it was, it was funny talking to my, uh, my mom, my sister at the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to a lunch with like Thrasher and Rage. You're like, who are these people you're hanging out with? And with all these <laughs> crazy fucking names. But, uh, anyways, yeah. So I, I, I had, I, I known Thrasher for maybe about, five or six months up until that point. And we had been working on, uh, we have this little project together. We were working on songs for that. And I knew he was going away on this tour yeah. to Europe. I was like, Oh, that's fucking awesome, yeah. man. I hope you have a good time. I'll see you when you get back. Right. Um, I went over to Philly to play the show and I was teaching like a piano lesson on Skype. And, um, like my phone is just kind of blowing up. And I looked at it and he was like, Hey, you want to go sing for slaves in Europe? And I was like, uh, yeah, but what does that mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sure, what I'm does like, that entail? Yeah. tour, like, add that to the bucket list. But what, yeah, what, what the fuck's up? So, called him up. Yeah, maybe you heard, but it's like my passport expired that day, so I had to get like a rush. I got a rush passport the next day in like three hours, and all the while I'm listening to these songs I've never heard on loop. And wow, um, yeah, it was just fucking crazy, man. And I and I met the guys in the band um, under a bridge in Manchester about like a couple hours before we went on stage sold out show and uh to like yeah a place i'd never been and um i i really i didn't sleep because i was listening to the songs the whole time and <laughs> making up lyrics and shit on stage and took me of about course, three yeah. or four yeah three or four shows in to like have all the lyrics memorized and then i could kind of chill out but uh yeah and then and then the then the, the weird thing to fast forward it was seven months to the day that we met under that bridge that we finished uh we finished the album together in chicago like what like a month ago or something Okay, so wow, so, so, so like, are fucking I moving, mean, man. Safe to say that you know 
this has been a really beautiful thing for you. I mean, coming into this, like Dude, yeah. you're meeting these guys that you have no idea about. All you know is that they're former singers, a drug addict, really. Uh, right. So that's kind of like you go in with like probably a little bit of trepidation, like like wondering like, okay, are these guys like cool? Are these guys okay? Well, you know? Well, honestly, man. Yeah. I was like, I asked Kevin what, what they were like. And he's like, Oh dude, they're all like sweethearts. They're all super nice. And, uh, and yeah, they definitely lived up to that. I mean, they're just, it's, it was, it's just weird, man. It's like, you know, I don't think any of us really believe in fate or something too much, but, um, I think we do a little bit with this project cause it came together so weird. Like my mom dropped me off at the airport and we drove under this huge rainbow that went across the whole sky and right. just all this. And, but yeah, man, that was the most daunting shit I've ever done. Like way worse than the voice, uh, was getting on a plane <laughs> to this other country to meet these people that I'd never met and to just thinking that these fucking kids in Manchester are going to be throwing beer bottles at me or something. Cause I'm not Johnny. You know what I mean? Like, well, I was yeah, like, geez. I mean, how many days, like, did they announce that you were like, Johnny's not coming. We got this guy. Like they must've said something, but still, I mean, yeah. that's people like Johnny Craig fans are rabid. I mean, he's got a crazy right. fan base. I'm sure you know that now that the fills, the shoes, sorry, the fills, the shoes that you were filling are right. very big shoes. Right. Yeah. But you know what? Honestly though, man, as soon as I was really nervous about it, like the, the most, again, it was the most daunting thing I've ever done for sure. Um, and at a certain point, I, I realized, man, it would have been a lot easier just fucking stay home and not do any of this shit. But uh, it, I mean, obviously, fucking well worth the the risk. It is. It's paid off tremendously for me. Um, it was just really scary to do. But uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 man. It's just just crazy. It's crazy how well me and the guys got along. Um, just clicked immediately. Like I wouldn't be in a band with just anybody. Let me let me put it that way. Like, especially coming from being a solo artist and I, I grew up being in bands and stuff or whatever. It's like, I meet bands all the time now in the, in the scene and they're, they're all nice guys. And even people that I like every member of the band, I'm like, I wouldn't fucking be in that band. Right. It's just not that it's like the difference between like somebody who is a friend of yours. Like this guy's my friend or like, no, but this is my best friend. Like this is the dude that we have these fucking weird jokes that it's not even worth like explaining to you because you won't get it. It's like that kind of thing. That's how I feel about slaves. You know what I mean? That's awesome. I, I, I'm and so happy just, to like, hear immediately. that. Immediately, yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's that's really great. And you guys have released. I mean, one song so far. It's called yep. Heavier. Great yep. song. Great video. Uh, Thanks, and you've got. I guess you've got more. You got an album finished. You just said, and I guess yeah, probably some more singles on the way. Definitely. Yeah, I think. Uh, Next single is going to be, uh, we were shooting for October. It might be November at this point, but it'll come out like while we're, uh, while we're doing some shows here this fall, which will be, which will be fun. And maybe you'll, maybe you'll hear it live too, which will be exciting. So cool. So how is it now with, you know, basically you're, you've gone from a lot of, you know, mainstream stuff. I mean, TV and opening yeah. for Maroon 5 and working with, with Adam Levine and, all this stuff is like as pretty much as mainstream as it gets to now, you know, being on an indie label, um, yeah. playing shows like sometimes that won't have dressing rooms, you know, right. let alone like a fucking deli tray. So, you know, so right. like you're talking about, it, it's kind of pulling back a little bit and it's getting more to sort of like more of the roots, but yeah, knowing, talking to you for the last 35 minutes and also just kind of like, you know, doing my research, that seems a little bit like maybe more your speed. Um, yeah, than, definitely. Than man. The, the big like Hollywood stuff, um, even though that's kind of how you 
you've come up. Like, I feel like you're almost discovering like punk rock and the scene, like kind of now, you know, right. at, at almost age 30. <laughs> right. For the first as time. A, as an old fucking man. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, I'm 38, I'm, so I'm not calling you old. <laughs> dude, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to getting older, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean like that. Yeah. There were, there were, there were only a handful of bands that I really like, um, let's see, like I liked the day to remember growing up. My buddy Richard turned me on to them. I liked, you know, I, 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 I had known some of the sleeping siren stuff where I did the voice and I met Kellen when I was out there, which is cool. And yeah, chat with him every once in a while. Good friend of the um, show. Love Kellen. Yeah. He's, he's fucking awesome. Um, what else? Like, Oh, and, uh, like just randomly like glass jaw I was into in high school. So oh, yeah. but there, there were, there was only like a couple bands, but like other than that, I was I was into more like indie rock, like uh, right. like I love I love Modest Mouse, I, I love like Radiohead, kind of out there stuff. I love old shit, like singer songwriter stuff. I wanted to be fucking Bob Dylan when I went to college and did a bunch of folk <laughs> stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I I like all different kinds of music, but um, it's it's been really, you know what? Like I got super into Bring Me the Horizon when I was in college, and I remember seeing them live, and it was them and Issues, and I was like, man, it'd be fucking sick to do something like that. Yeah, but uh, it was just always in the back of my head, and I was like, "Well, I, you know." And then when I started that project with Kevin Thrasher, I thought maybe that it was going to be something more like that. But our, it actually turned out to be. It's hope hope uh, everybody can hear that project eventually. But it's actually a lot more pop, uh, all kind of like alternative. Oh yeah, cool. cool. Well, so that, they, that dude they, is a fucking shredder, man. He's fucking uh, great. But so, yeah. great, great writer producer but yeah but so th- this this is kind of uh gives me this chance to do this thing of kind of doing the whole fucking rock star thing or like fucking punk rock thing that i didn't think i was going to get to do which is really fun man and like anytime that i've done um in my solo stuff done something where i'm not playing the guitar it's like it's this pop music where it's like well i can't dance i don't i don't, I don't know what to do to this <laughs> right like, right, I right. Actually, i feel much more comfortable like being off the guitar with this kind of stuff because i can just run around and climb on shit and like it's not uh I don't feel like I need to like moonwalk or something. Right. You know? Well, that's different for you. It must be right. Like, I'm sure that when you get there, I mean, the first show in Manchester is a bad example because that's just like, I can't even imagine yeah. that feeling. But once you kind yeah. of get going and you're like comfortable with the songs and it's like, oh, well, I, I just have to sing. I can do, I can kind of like do whatever I want. Like that's kind definitely. of, a, kind of a cool freedom, I guess. No. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely been a learning experience for sure. And just like trying to, trying to look at the other people on the touring package or the other, the other front men and what's, you know, watching old videos and everything. And just, yeah, just trying to, just trying to get into it. And I mean, it's funny because, you know, again, I started out playing in bands and kind of doing that scene, like, yeah. but you know, kind of unsuccessfully. And then the high school, I, I went more kind of folky and did that thing, but I also learned how to sing like, uh, from a, like a classical foundation standpoint and learned about jazz and all the theory and shit. And then I did the voice and did, learned a little bit about like showbiz and fucking even with like hosting some shows and shit. And then yeah. now I'm in this fucking like post hardcore band. Here we so are. Like, I know. And you, well, you have a new a solo song too though. Um, that came out in the summer. Uh, if I was the devil. Yeah. I, I, I like that song, man. It's cool. I like it too. So, I mean, I, I, I guess you're still, you know, obviously you're a full-time member of slaves. That's, you know, going to be a big focus of yours, but you are still, you're not abandoning your, your solo work at all. Yeah, no, of course not. And, and I mean, that's, that's kind of nice too, to, to come from it. I mean, I guess that, you know, similarly, similarly to Johnny, as I'm kind of finding out is like, you know, it, it was, it wasn't a drama for him to continue to do solo stuff in Slaves because he was already doing it, you know? Yeah. But it's like, it's like hard if you're, if you're in a band, you know, and like, you know, like, uh, 
Radiohead, for example, like Tom York's first solo album, he's like, oh, you know, I kind of want to do this thing. And they're like, yeah, great. But there's a chance they could have been like, what? You know what I mean? Right, so, right. Sure. I mean, I'm sure that happens. There's always a fear that the, like, it's going to be like something like City in Color. Like, you know, when Dallas Green right. started doing doing City in Color and it got bigger than Alexis on Fire, it was like, oh, right. oh, oh, shit. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know if that led to the breakup, but probably not. They're in their back now and everything's great again. But there has got to be a fear when you're when one of the members goes and does something else that it, it could be the end of the band. Right. I mean, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean like my, my theory with it is just like definitely uh, you know, I mean my, my, my first priority right now, which is funny to say, cause it's all happened so fast, like is slaves, you know I mean? That's the thing yeah. that's popping off right now. And you know, I mean a lot has changed, man. I mean like, even though we knew, that I was going to be an official member, like since probably the Europe tour, we were kind of waiting until we got in the studio, but like nobody else knew that it wasn't public. And it did feel different when we announced it and we heavier came out and everything. And then now having the album done, which I'm extremely pl- proud of and like, you know, like fucking writing my ass off on that shit. It's like, I have a lot of skin in the game. I feel like, you know, just, just as attached to that stuff as I would, you know, any of my solo records. So absolutely. Um, it, it's it, it feels it feels good, you know. Have the fans been been nice to you? I mean, I it must it, again. I said it's like I said, it's hard shoes to fill. Um, you know, I know she's like Bradley from Amorosa has like had a terrible yeah. relationship with Johnny. Like, how have the fans responded? Have you have you have you met Johnny? Have you talked to him? Is he? No, I've never I've never met Johnny or talked to him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the, just the fan reaction since since day one, since that Manchester show has been super positive. Like, uh, there's this dude that came up to me with like tears in his eyes, and he was like, "Man, I'm the biggest Johnny fan." But that was really great and smashed cool. it. And it's, it's 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 kind of it's been, there's been a lot of those moments that have been really <laughs> the best one was we were in fucking. Zug Switzerland and there was this guy that kept being like Johnny Johnny and obviously mm. thought he was trolling us and at the end of the show like he was like man get fucking Johnny down here I want to buy him buy him a drink and we're like uh you're kidding right you know that's not Johnny he's like <laughs> get the fuck out of here man I've seen you guys a button like so he just like <laughs> thought it was Johnny so like that like there's a that was like the worst one and then he was like oh man and he like thought he's being punked or something so <laughs> well whatever uh oh, no but I'm, really I'm, I'm saying that's like great that's like uh, oh yeah you know, no like, i know it's like, it's it's very it's just very funny uh yeah. that's cool man I, I i feel like you're the perfect guy for the job here and and like with everything slaves has been through this is really great to see because i think uh i think there's some really great music coming out uh and, yeah and then sure, the new man. single the new single is just the start Cool. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, thanks for taking the time. And uh, yeah, man. Anything else to tell the people? I, I mean, I feel like we really covered it. But uh... I'm just, I'm just really excited for everybody to hear the record. And you know, we do have some select kind of dates coming up this fall. So if you live there, uh, please come out and check out. We might have some two, we might have two new songs for you live. Awesome. So give you kind of a taste of the record. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much, man. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. I hope you get some rest. Thanks, bud. All right. Take care, man. Bye. So there it is with Matt. I want to thank him so much for taking the time, coming on the show, and explaining all this stuff to me about how these shows on TV work, The Voice and American Idol, and it really was an eye-opening, informative conversation. Really amazing. And a big shout-out to all the contestants on those shows for going through that that pressure and and everything and i don't 
I've done a lot of gigs in my time. I've sang a lot of songs, but I don't know if I could go through the, the geez, the gut rot and the, the potential heartbreak of that whole situation. So very, very cool stuff and such a crazy story of how he ended up replacing Johnny Craig in Slaves and they got a new song out. I'm going to play it in a minute. They're going to go on tour, a new album, all this stuff happening. So keep your ear to the ground about that. Check out Matt's solo stuff. It's great as well. He is, you know, go buy a Gibson Hummingbird too if you've got the means. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, yes. Uh, so things are really good. And uh, I just am so happy for Matt that he's found his stride and now he's in a band and he's really, really enjoying what he's doing after having just a crazy whirlwind of the last couple of years. Very, very cool stuff. Next week, I'll be back bringing you another episode. Make sure you're subscribed. If you like the show, feel free to write a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. And if you want to help out the show, head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access and check out the All Access Club. If you can throw me a couple bucks, that's amazing. Also, check out the Last Scene documentary. The link is thelastscenedoc.com. And yes, they need your help. It's an amazing, amazing thing that they're doing. So check that out as well. As always, I'll leave you with the tune. Here is the new track from Slaves. It's called Heavier on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next week. No doubt I've done this to myself. The more you know, the more you know, and I just can't quit it if you couldn't tell. I've seen it all, I've seen it all, and at night I beg myself to put this all to rest. While I wrestle with these demons pressing on my chest. Am I afraid? Am I?